health and it can be um, our own personal challenges for me that always that felt like a good way to describe it like you're if you're just lost in it you're you definitely can feel like your head's on fire and you just it's chaotic you don't know how to control it you know Platform dedicated to the exploration, discussion of art, and the creative process. I'm the host and creator, Aranus, and today's episode is the first part of a two-part interview with the artist Rodney Thompson. Rodney is an artist from the United States whose work explores conversations around mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, and self-worth. I thoroughly enjoy talking to Rodney about his important work, and I hope you enjoy the conversation too. Okay, so first place I'll start with everybody. People can hear sick of me here and saying that, but tell us a bit about yourself and how you became an artist. Okay, um, well, I I'm originally from Texas. I live in Oregon right now. Um, I kind of have always dabbled in art. I I grew up reading comic books and I have been drawing basically as long as I can remember, and I just kept that up all up until like going to college and that's well, I think later in high school I, I started to paint a little bit but not much until college and so that's where that really took off so yeah just I was very much a comic book nerd growing up and uh, just got lost in that stuff I just kind of I think that's where a lot of like what I my current series comes from it's like that fantastic sort of way of creating art so yeah that's Probably a longer answer but yeah <laughs> but that's that's actually a relatively short answer so yeah it's pretty good <laughs> that's pretty cool so what's the biggest challenge of being an artist uh making money <laughs> that would probably be the biggest one uh, especially in uh this day and age with the coronavirus going around and stuff i mean i'm still managing to to hang in there of course but um you know everybody's feeling the the pinch right now so it's it's definitely hard to sell and buy art so it's actually kind of interesting because i was actually looking at your prints the other day because um, oh yeah they're really affordable um yeah and I'm, I'm really i don't the thing is for me i don't have the space to put art up if mm-hmm. i did i'd buy a lot of art but definitely i would love to buy a piece of your work and it's actually really affordable a lot more affordable than i thought it was going to be initially which is kind of really interesting um yeah i don't want to get it like too far out there for people I, i'd rather have it you know, find a good home to somebody that likes it for an affordable price than, you know, make a ton of money off of a print or a painting. Um, I don't, I don't want to like shortchange myself at all, but those are relatively easy to produce. So, you know, if I can help somebody enjoy a piece of my work, uh, that's great. I really want to be able to do that and make it accessible. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's accessibility is super important for any artist, really. Um, and as I said earlier, we'll get into that later, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but first, before that, so did you study art or you self-taught? Yeah, I went to the Academy of Art and uh, in San Francisco, California, and uh, studied there. I think that uh, it's some more of a classical training sort of art school. I think what I was originally looking at, everything had a little bit more of a free form, you know, paint and draw what you want sort of style of training and I just wanted something that had a little more structure and guidance uh, because I I knew I could do art 
Um, I, I had some sort of skill with it and I just wanted to be able to refine it and I didn't know exactly how to do that. So that's, that's where I landed. So what are your thoughts on art education um, and the kind of the way that courses are structured for artists? That's such a, a good question because I think it's all relative. I think every person um, really, it just depends on the person. Like, uh, there's a lot of people who are incredible artists who are totally self-taught and that blows me away. I definitely you know, was looking for some guidance on stuff because I had a rough idea, but I also had no idea how to approach it. And uh, yeah, so I think it with each person, it's just a different thing. I, I think education can definitely be beneficial. It can, it can be pricey too. So, I mean, you really have to like take that kind of stuff into consideration and just see where you want to go with it, you know, and how you want to uh, like evolve with your art. And you teach yourself, right? Uh, I did in the beginning, but I, you know, I definitely had a, uh, a lot of good instructors through school and I, I learned quite a bit from them, but like all this fire stuff, I, I kind of just picked it up on my own. You know, I, I saw stuff and I was like, I'm going to try that and just took off with it. That's super interesting. That's really interesting. So how do you find the value in your own work? Find the value in it? Yes. Um, that's, a, that's a good one. I, I guess like as far as like what I like if I appreciate like what I'm creating or like yes. if I'm... Yeah, uh, I think, yeah. Kind of just like the, at what point do you kind of know that, okay, this is something that you, you should be doing as opposed to being like, I think because nowadays, you know, people can be very caught up with stats and, you know, oh, I want to do something that's going to get attention. But it's like, how do you yeah. kind of value the fact that you're spending time on something? I guess in a way, it's like, how do you justify the time you spend on your work? Oh, okay. I, well, that's a good, that's a good question. I, I really do it. It's very cathartic for me. So I will do it, you know, um, honestly, just to kind of process a lot. So a lot of my stuff right now deals with uh, mental health and depression and I've struggled with that stuff a lot through my life and um, that is a good way for me to kind of express it and in something I love doing I I really love doing like classical portraiture and I, I, I would just try as hard as I could to paint this beautiful portrait make it very realistic or make it you know very impressionistic in whatever way I was trying to do it and um, I I found that that was it was satisfying in a way, but it also wasn't like hitting all the the notes for me. It, and I once I started painting fire, it's like okay, this feels a little more right. And I, that's where I think I really found some value in my work, where I'm doing something that I I have the ability to connect with other people who may not know how to connect, and because uh, I certainly didn't for a, a brief, you know, a long time, and. Um, uh, so that that builds a, a little bit of bridge of communication for me. It's also cathartic, like I said, and um, and I love painting fire. It just you know technically and uh, just the the feel of it, like painting using the brush to to create this thick impasto texture, is a lot of a fun for me. So, so that's really yeah. interesting because one of the things that I um, get from your work, <clears throat> and we'll talk about your work in a second, is the idea of sacrifice. Because um, mm -hmm. like these people are like you know almost kind of sacrificing themselves in your images, 
Um, and it kind of made me wonder when I was thinking about that. So what kind of sacrifices have you made to become an artist? Oh, well, uh, I think uh, a lot. I guess there's, I, I probably could have made more money here and there in different jobs. And um, it's definitely taken time away from like hanging out with my, my wife and here and there. But also I, I, I paint mostly her image. So <laughs> um, I make time available for her with that, I guess. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's in the long run, I think it's kind of a continual sacrifice. Like you're, you're, you're definitely kind of reaching out there for something you don't know for sure is gonna bring you profit. But I think the most of the, the profit in it is like how happy it can make you feel or how you feel like you're doing something successful. That's, that's good for yourself, you know? Um, so there, that's, I guess the sacrifice in it is like, I don't have any guarantees in making a living. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, an artist I interviewed a couple of weeks ago, Jay Riggio, he said that it's a thankless job. Um, yeah. Because, you know, you're going to put, you can plot, you know, you put so much of your life into it and there's no guarantee you're going to get anything back, which is kind of, it's out, I don't know if it sounds terrible or not, but it's kind of like with me and what I do, it's like, I feel like I can understand that because it's like, you don't, anything you do nowadays, particularly online, you shouldn't do it for the views and for the, oh, you know, is it going to go viral? Is it not? It should be about something you want to do because you want to do it. And yeah. the amount of people who see it and share it, that's, that's entirely out of your hands. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's so easy to kind of get caught up and like, oh no, this didn't, you know, go the way I expected it to, or oh no, maybe people don't like that. And it's actually like, no, maybe the algorithm, because we have to remember we are all, you know, being kind of drip fed by algorithms. You know, maybe they didn't just show it to the right people, you know? So I think, uh, that's something to always think about. Um, but that's a whole section we'll get into later for sure, because uh, that's a very large section on social media. Um, because <laughs> social media is just, um, you know, it's just a, it's just a pain most of the time for, it is, for people it is. who want to create. Definitely, it, there's. I feel like a love hate relationship with it for sure. I, I think when I was really trying to do like classical portraiture and all that stuff, I was like, man, I am not getting any attention on this. I got a little bit, but. Uh, I just feel like I, I kind of plateaued with it. And then I was, I was kind of like, uh, screw it. I'm, I'm just going to kind of do what's important to me and, and just see what happens with it. I started painting fire and then, then I started actually getting more attention, which I was totally surprised by. I was like, well, that's okay. Well, I guess that's validating in, in my, you know, want to do something that's just for myself. And then people are actually starting to like it a little bit more. So. So let's talk about your latest body of work. Um, just to describe it for those people who may not have seen it. So it basically it's an exploration on mental health and it can be um, our own personal challenges. Uh, for me, that always, that felt like a good way to describe it. Like you're, if you're just lost in it, you're, you definitely can feel like your head's on fire and you just, it's chaotic. You don't know how to control it, you know, sometimes and it can eat away at you and I also wanted to use that in a way to show how unseen people can go with it. Like there's a, a piece that I did called Agent Alhambra, which is uh, it's a woman walking down the street and there's two people that she passed and they are completely unaware that she's completely engulfed in flame. And it's, it just kind of shows how, you know, our mental health can go under the radar and um, 
And it can be either a conscious or unconscious decision too. I think a lot of people don't even realize that they don't want to notice that. And there are some people who just, you know, don't think it's that big of a deal or, or, or just uh, naively don't notice it. And <clears throat> there's another one too, where it's kind of a reflection on ourselves, not noticing it that I did it, which, which is actually a piece called reflection where you, uh, there's a woman, which is my wife again, she's always my model, but she's uh, staring in the mirror and her reflection is not in flame that she herself is. So she's not even aware of how much she's struggling. Like it's there, but I think there's also a disassociation with it too that, um, that we can have sometimes where we can be very high functioning and get through life and still be struggling a lot with a lot of internal pain and trauma. So, so I think it's really interesting because I think like mental health is something that is very, is, you know, I think in art, it's not as spoken about and or kind of um, added into the artwork as much as it is in say, something like photography. Like There's a lot of photographers I can think of off the top of my head that deal with mental health in their work. But in art, I don't think so much. Because I think, probably because art is like imagination of the artist, but it's kind of really interesting to see. And one of the, definitely the reasons that I want to interview is because your work is about something. Um, and it's about something important, but it's just, it's about something. It's not just, oh, this looks really interesting because it is also very interesting. It's not just, oh, this is an interesting image. How cool is this? It's like, oh, this is a really cool image, but wait, read about it, look at it, think about what you're actually looking at. It's not just a, okay, this is cool, let's move on. It's like, if this is cool, what is it about? Actually, oh, it's about this. Here's the number yeah. for this. Here's, you know, here's the resources you're going to need. You know, it's, it's about sharing more than just the image. Um, and that's, and I want to say thank you because I think that's very respectful of you to do. Um, thank you. I, I think it's that. good. Yeah. So I think, I think it's a great thing. Um, so where did the idea of a fire come from specifically? <clears throat> um, I had painted a little bit of it and I found it to be a, a challenge. And that's how I got into portraits in general because they were hard for me. So I, I was like, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. So I just kept going and going and painting fire. It's just, it's so fluid and it's constantly moving. So to capture it in a frozen moment is it's definitely a challenge to make it look believable. But uh, <clears throat> like I try to have a, a middle ground with it being a little bit believable, but also looking, you know, kind of fantastic and uh, a little surreal at the same time. And uh, there's a few people that I've uh, witnessed. I, I can't think of a few of the names of people, but actually some photographers that have like done people uh on fire and there where it's just like photoshopped on there but it, it was just really striking images and i i love them and um uh, there's also an artist and i'm probably going to slaughter his name but it's alexander tjomsnes i believe he is uh in norway i want to say but he's a brilliant artist and i followed him for a number of years but he would paint owls with their heads on fire oh. um and I just love the way he did it. So I started kind of, you know, painting a little bit like that as well. And uh, there was actually one of the very first inspirations was an old uh, Pink Floyd album where uh -huh. there's a guy on, on fire. <laughs> I just wish you were here. And it was, uh, I remember being pretty young and, and seeing that and thinking that was really rad. And I just thought uh, I would love to recreate something like that. And of course it's like little sparks of fire on that that image that and mine are like way more big and elaborate but 
yeah so that's kind of where a lot of the inspiration came from and the fact that it's just something that's consuming and depression can be very consuming so that felt like it was a, a right fit for me you know something yeah. that can be can get out of control easily you can sometimes control it but it, it takes uh some mindfulness around it and you know knowing how to approach it and everything but in a way it's kind of really clever because it's like a visual cue and obviously art is a visual language so that's kind of really yeah. clever because it just shows that you know you're not just the kind of painter who paints something nice it's like you're thinking about symbolism you're thinking about kind of the end goal of the actual painting um and actually so this is i'm jumping ahead of, of quite a lot actually but i thought i'll actually now because now's probably a good time so like do you ever think about the viewer when you're painting an image or do you paint the image purely for yourself and then the viewers come after mostly for myself um i like there's been a few pieces that i just little small studies that i've done where <clears throat> i've just been playing with my color palette and trying to limit it because i I feel like I, I start adding color and I'm and then I've got like 20 different colors that I'm painting from and I don't even know what I'm doing <laughs> or it feels like that. So I'll I try to just check myself a little bit and bring it into where I'm doing like a four color limited palette. And uh, I kind of loosely base stuff on like the Zorn palette and which is like an ivory black. Uh, I think he used vermilion, but you can use like cadmium red light and yellow ochre and titanium white. So I would just sub those with like bright fun colors like the lizard and crimson and like a violet, uh, ultramarine violet and like a cadmium yellow. I always need a cadmium in there to make the fire really pop. But yeah, so I just started playing around with that stuff to kind of like, uh, just for myself, just to practice color theory and just to uh, see what I could make with those colors and how realistic of a skin tone I could make and how, uh, much I could, you know, stretch making the color look a little more exaggerated as well. And uh, so, yeah, that that's for myself. Doing the fire is most definitely for myself. And I would always hoping, you know, in some way I could reach out to people with that as well, because I definitely felt very isolated with it. And I think putting the message with the image has helped that a little bit more. And um, and I, I really hope it just continues to grow where I can I can reach more people who might be struggling with that, with their mental health and and just uh, yeah build more communication about it. And why do you think that art is a good catalyst for conversation? Oh, it's just there's so many ways it could be a good catalyst for conversation. It, it, I mean, for for mental health, one I think that's something that's really started to come up as a very you know, important thing to talk about. Um, but even like for political stuff, that's been going on for centuries where people have been making political commentary in their art and uh, from cartoons to, you know, like uh, more refined, fine artist stuff. Like it's just, it's, you know, there's always something in there. I think there is just the beautiful aspect of art as well where people aren't really trying to say too much but they're they're commenting i mean there's religious art too that's making commentary there's it's it's always been there and i think it's always been it could be a form of control it can definitely you know be used to just like what i'm trying to do where you build a bridge of communication or you <clears throat> reach out to people um it is i think it's powerful in that way and it, i think in many art forms like with photography too and um i think even like digital arts coming up into that way as well and like 
yeah, it's just, there's a lot you can do with it. And it can be subtly powerful, I feel like, as well. That's very true. And um, so why did you choose the medium of painting as opposed to, say, drawing or collage or something? Like, why is it about painting that kind of you're interested in? Um, that's, a, that's a good one, too. I, when I first was getting ready to go to school, I was going to go for illustration so I could do comic books. And um, I thought, well, I don't know. I, I've been kind of liking this artist, Salvador Dali. I started looking at him a lot, and I just really loved his imagery and learning more about what all the like fine detail of his work, like why there's ants in some of his work and, um, you know, just the finding out all of the little messages within there. And <clears throat> it was very fascinating to me and, and learning about um, surrealism in general was super interesting. And then I started looking at other artists like Caravaggio and I, I really loved his chiaroscuro, the lighting that he created, and that was just brilliant. And um, I think all of my work is just, I've tried to get away from doing like dramatic lighting, but I, I think it's hard for me. <laughs> That's been stuck there for a long time I, since, you know, learning about Caravaggio. But um, so those those two, I think probably are the primary reason I paint. Like I, I got really into those. And then I, you know, I kind of found other artists and living artists that, you know, really inspired me and I just love their work and yeah. And I, I didn't really know exactly what medium until I got into college and I, I had an oil painting class and I was, I was just god awful at it. <laughs> I mean, it was so terrible, but I eventually, you know, kind of got the hang of it after a while. Um, I still feel like I'm getting the hang of it, but it's, uh, it's definitely better than what it was. I think you've definitely got, you've definitely got a hang of it at least. Um, <laughs> Thanks. I think, but I think also the, the thing about art is that like, it's one thing to be good on a technical level of actually knowing how to paint but there's also another thing to actually be able to have the imagery that's going to actually attract people's attention yeah so you know i guess the technique is you know because you have some artists who have really really great technique like their work is like stunning hyperrealism but then it falls flat because you're not engaged with the actual image itself like you can look at it and you're like hey this is really cool but the image itself doesn't draw you in um that's kind of really i've just thought about that now when i said it but that's kind of interesting when you think of it like just because you have the technical sometimes skill is not really that important it's the message that is sometimes more important like the same way marketing is sometimes more important than the work itself you know it's like what you think is the most important isn't necessarily what is actually important um so yeah it's just something to think about i guess that is so so true like i i was obsessed with like being like super technically advanced and like this amazing brilliant artist and i just felt like i kept kind of uh you know, running myself into the ground with it too, because I, I could never reach the bar that I set myself. And um, I really had to like step back from everything and think, okay, am I doing this for me or am I doing it because I want to be like, uh, I want to be admired by colleagues and, you know, all my peers and all of that stuff. And I, I was like, I, I need to be doing something that's a little bit more for me. And I, I think that kind of started working into me doing the fire where I started experimenting a little bit with what I was painting and, and drawing and, and just starting to make weird shit <laughs> here and there. So I was, I thought uh, it, once I started doing that, it, it started to feel a little more natural for me. And, um, and then it kind of has just continued to grow. And I think it's still, I'm just kind of barely tapped into what I want to achieve with it. So. 
Well, that's perfect. That's actually a nice segue into a question I was going to ask you later, but now is a perfect time. Is, um, is there anything you haven't achieved with your work that you... No, is there anything you want to do with your work that you haven't achieved yet? Oh, so much. Uh, there are like there are tons of little ideas floating around in my, my head all the time with things that I want to do. And it's funny too, because I'll have something that'll sit there for a while. Like I did something sat in the back of my mind for about two years before I actually did it. I took photos for it um, and then waited about two years before I actually got around to doing the idea. It came out a lot different than I originally planned and I, I was glad it, it actually sat that long um, because it was it it felt a little bit better and I think just my I kind of grew in, or in my thought process with it and how to achieve something a little bit different and uh, so yeah, there's there's tons of stuff like that going on that I, I want to achieve. Um, I, I as far as like the career goes too, I I'd love to get out there and to you know be doing some gallery work and um, kind of branch out as much as I could and get my art out and about out and around the country and the world a little bit more. That would be wonderful. So, but. well, that's that's kind of interesting because as I always say to everybody who's from America, it's like, well, I'm from the UK and I've seen your work and I like it. So, you know, it kind of just shows you actually your reach is actually quite broad. You just don't realize it. Yeah, um, I, I know. It's it's getting more than I, I realized for sure. Yeah. Yeah, because it's funny for me because it's like I talk to a lot of people from different parts of the world and it's like, um, I don't know, it's just weird when you think about it. You think, oh, actually, like, like at 10 a.m. there where you are and it's like 6 p.m. here, like that's crazy. But, you know, it's kind yeah, of interesting to think because, you know, I think, you know, and again, I'm dropping ahead again. I should really stop. But it's like <laughs> when you post online, like the reach, you know, you feel like the reach isn't that large. And you think, oh, no, not a lot of people see it because, you know, it may only have like, you know, so many likes or whatever. But you don't think actually who is actually following your work, not necessarily so obviously. But, you know, there's, all, there's kind of like different layers of followers and different layers of people who look at your work. And I think it's, it's kind of easy to forget that not everyone is going to be liking it and commenting on it all the time. That people who are going to really deeply appreciate it but never really reach out to you and or may reach out to you on occasion um yeah i think, I think that's something to think about just for people generally because i think a lot of i i feel like lately a lot of people i've spoken to are very worried about social media and worried about marketing and worried about just kind of the general direction of art um, and i can understand that um but at the same time it's also like you have to remember that offline is just as important as online and i think yeah. you know after last year, the year and a half, I think people have forgotten that somewhat because we've all been online. Um, yes. So yeah, you know. Anyway, so the human condition, kind of by default, a category that your work falls under. Um, yeah. Whether or not you like that or not, I'm not sure. And I don't, sometimes people are offended when I say that, but it's kind of is what it is. So kind of like the idea of human condition, you know, the way it is to be human. Like, why do you think that's such an important subject for artists to, to paint and to explore? Um, I think it's, it's because it's real. I, I think, um, I mean, you get a real taste of what life is, um, there. Okay. So like uh, some, an artist that I, that many artists in, in my field completely love is, uh, John Singer Sargent and he is brilliant. He's probably the best portrait painter that's lived and, um, his work is, mostly just high society people that could afford a commission and they're beautiful pieces um you know you'll see some where he painted friends and 
like Claude Monet when they were just kind of sitting around at a field painting. And um, but they, you know, that was that was just one little section of life. And you know, I think I could also say like my paintings are like one section of life as well because it's just it's dealing with mental health. But I, I try to yeah, at least get a, like a little bit of a reach with, you know, this is something that everybody can experience, and it's something that either we don't we may not understand fully how, what's happening with us or we may be ignoring it or other people don't understand what we're going through or they may be ignoring it and all that and I think it's it's important to have something in your work and it doesn't have to be like blatant I think mine's a little more blatant and it, I think you can you know just put a little bit of humanity in there and 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 share that and, and not a but you know I it's relative to like the, the that's what my work is like I I've just dealt with hard stuff here and there and that's stuff that comes up for me so I I want to put it in my work and I know that there are other people who've had that so I, I just want to share it with them and it kind of is a reassuring thing of like not you know that can be a very isolating thing so I don't want I, I, it helps me feel not isolated when I I share it which can be definitely a vulnerable experience, but to have somebody say, thank you for sharing that because it meant a lot to me. And I mean, that really, that means so much to, to be able to hear that. So, um, but like I said too, there's, there's artists that just want to paint because they love to paint and it doesn't, you know, they just want to paint a picture. They just love the technical aspect of it and they paint gorgeous pictures and that's it. I, I tend to definitely be drawn to stuff that's a little more like real and raw personally so i do think there's any themes that art can't explore i think everything's there to be explored i i, I don't think there's much that you can't explore with it i i'm sure that there's things that you that haven't been tapped into that much but i mean i i think everything's fair game right i mean i think that's that's a great thing about art though isn't it is that it there's more imagination there than a lot of other artistic outlets in terms of you can put anything you want in a painting. Yeah. And it'll be, and you know, that's why we have surrealism. I mean, you know, you can yeah. put anything you want in a painting and it, and it's, and it is what it is. Um, whereas in something like photography, yes, you can do the same piece of photo manipulation, but it's not the same. Like it didn't have the same kind of hold, I think as art kind of does. Um, so actually let's talk a bit about kind of reality and art and, and in terms of, of your work and like how real do you want your work to, to be? like real as in like like real and raw or like real and visually real visually or real. both visually well, both. Real. Well, well, both yeah to be honest both because i really love talking about art and reality i think it's ridiculously fascinating because like you're looking at an image that's paint on a on a canvas or a piece of wood yeah it has it's you know it's a window into something else um, yeah so i think yeah so the idea of just realism yeah both i guess yeah, so I, I think, uh, like, I, I personally would like it to be very real and raw, like, in what I paint. Um, again, like, I, I, I didn't do that for years. I kept trying to be something that I wasn't, and it was not working. And as soon as I just listened to myself, I felt like it was actually starting to, I felt uh, uh, more satisfied in my work. And I, I mean, I've gotten a, a very nice response with it as well and um and then going back to it like to be able to paint something that's very realistic 
as well. I I love that part. I love the the challenge of being able to make it look alive, but then also have that surreal touch to it with fire. You know, to to have a bridge like with Salvador Dali's work, like his some of his work was incredible and uh, very lifelike. But then, you know, like a figure would be very lifelike, and then everything around it just looked nuts and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. So, I mean, there's there's realness in that chaos too. So, so I brought here the experience of reality, and I thought, does art ground you to the present moment? Right now, it does. I think it definitely does. I because I can I can be painting if I'm, you know, at a a heavy place. I can I can work through it in that with with these the portraits that I'm doing right now, and. I can kind of notice where I'm at and and that's my way of grounding um, currently. Uh, that's an effective way of doing it. Oh, um, okay. sorry, sorry, continue. Oh no, I'm just saying um, that, that doesn't mean it's gonna be that way always, you know, I might, this may not be the way that it works very well in the future, so. Yeah. Yes, I was gonna also say, so wait, so do you work in a studio? You do, don't you? I'm assuming you do. Uh, right now I work in the corner of our living room. So we're just in a little tiny yeah. spot. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's my so studio, have, yeah, quote so you, have, so you have like a space you work in. Yeah. I guess what I also mean by that question when I wrote it, because I wrote it, that was probably one of the last questions I wrote, even though it's higher up in the, I don't know why I wrote it that way, but um, yeah. I guess what I meant by that is like, because nowadays a lot of things are online, art's one of those rare things where you actually have to be offline to do it. You have to actually, yeah. you know, put away your devices or quote unquote put away your devices unless you're making reels, put away your devices for you to paint. And I guess what I meant by grinding as well is kind of like, do you think that, do you think that doing art is a good way for you to get offline and kind of be present in the world? Yeah, I, I think it, it can definitely help with that for sure. It's again, not always successful. Like I, I will still have like Spotify playing in my ear and that might remind me of something and then I'll go somehow end up on Instagram looking at something, you know, it's, yeah. it's weird how you'll just open your phone and like, I didn't even mean to get on Instagram and I'm, I'm on Instagram. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it does help. If I can really get into what I'm doing, then I can, I can um, keep myself offline. Uh, that's probably the best way I can do it, I think. I, I think because I can fully disengage from, you know, social media and email and all of that stuff to, to just engage in my my work. You can pull my attention in, in the right way to to take a, to get away from that. So the titles of your work are actually quite interesting as well, um, because they don't they both explain the work, but also don't explain the work at the same time. And I was kind of wondering, like, is ambiguity important to you? Yes, um, I I have my own experience with these paintings, and I do like sharing what that is and and why I painted that. And it could be anywhere from like I was just playing with this these four colors, and also like I have this thing that it reminds me of, so I, I wanted to kind of put that in a portrait. And um, but I I also want to give the viewer their own experience with it as well. And that doesn't mean I won't say what my experience was. I, I absolutely will, but I want to give them an opportunity to to experience it on their own. That's I think that's super important. And um, and it also 
helps me understand where the people are coming from if I can hear what that experience is. And it, I don't know, it's just better for my work to, to hear and learn about um, what maybe they're going through when they see that um, and how they process it. And, uh, it, it. I can always, you know, learn more, I guess, about going back to like the human condition, you know, what somebody might've been struggling with, what that brought up and um, how they saw it. I got a lot of reaction from that piece of uh, reflection that with a woman standing in the mirror, that was, uh, that I think hit a lot of nerve for some people. And that was definitely an important one to me and to my wife too. I think we both had our own experiences with that. They were similar, but also very different at the same time. Yeah, which is actually the beauty of, you know, being different people and or of your work is that you know two people will have the same reaction necessarily so um <clears throat> that's actually really really cool uh, that must be great for you as an artist to see the conversation around your work with you as the artist yourself because i think you know you're not just throwing your work out there and it kind of just you know falls flat it's like you th you put it out there and people are responsive and, and like how has that been for you um i love it i love so much for one i feel grateful and honored that people want to have a discussion around my work that that is uh extremely meaningful to me and uh it's validating in the work that i'm creating um but also i i love that i'm i'm helping uh the conversation around mental health a little bit and 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 it may be just a little bit but it, it's enough to me to know that some people are hearing what i'm saying and i am uh i'm always glad to be able to hear their stories if they want to share it if they feel comfortable with that sometimes it's just like this really you know they'll leave a comment on it it's like this really uh hit me in a hard place and i love it and, and that like i appreciate that and some people will be a little more elaborate about an experience they had which um is i'm so, so grateful for as well and i you know getting the chance to learn about somebody and their experience i think is universally for anybody is so good because I, I i think we can get in a rut of thinking we know everything here and there for many different things especially with like mental health too and uh you know we have a lot of similarities in a lot of ways but you know there are a lot of fine details in there that are very different that's that's one reason i like to hear what people say about my work and and what they experience from this because i I don't know all the differences and I, I want to be humble and, and learn all of those differences because I think that'll, again, help me improve my work and uh, and the message that I have with it. So, yeah. Do you ever worry, though, and I, I'm gosh, well, curious, I've only just thought about this when I was speaking to you, but do you ever worry that that people might consider your work just to be jumping on the trend of the rising conversation around mental health? Yeah, I have thought that. <laughs> um, which is funny too, because that's, I mean, I, I've been, it's something that I've dealt with for like 20 years or more. And I, I, I'm grateful that there's more of a conversation happening about it. I, I think it's really important. And, um, I do, I, that did occur to me that like, Oh, you know, he's jumping on the trend. He's, He's uh, getting on the bandwagon, trying to talk about something that's an issue right now. And, and I, I can come back down from that and like, no, this is what's important for myself. You know, I'm going to ultimately be 
creating stuff that's important for myself because I didn't do that for years. I just tried to make work that I thought other people would like. And, and I did a lot of commission work and and it was, you know, not for me. It was like 20% for me and 80% for everybody else. And uh, now it's it's like 95% for me and 5% for everybody else. So, and uh, I think I've never been more happy with what I'm doing. And I, and that's just, I'm, I think mature enough now to, to know that that's more important than worrying about that stuff. That doesn't mean it doesn't come up in the back of my head though. I'm just thinking, oh God, they're gonna think I'm some kind of trendy painter. Well, no, because I just thought about when we were speaking, because I was just thinking that, I don't know, it just seems like I don't see a lot of artists talk about mental health in their work. Um, and when I saw your work, I was like, well, this is really interesting. But then I also yeah. think like, you know, it sounds, I don't know if it's going to sound bad or not, but in a way, even not necessarily the art, but especially with art as well, but like anything online, you, you need to be careful because I think what you think is, is a pure good intention can always be skewed in a different direction. Yes. You know, your intentions, yeah. you know, the context of your work isn't necessarily always clear when you post it online. And I think, yeah, it's just something I thought of because I think, you know, you never know how people can react to your work. And, and obviously it's been positive, which is a great thing as it should be, but it's not yeah. necessarily always going to be positive. And I think maybe sometimes people should prepare themselves for that because, you know, I'm pretty sure there's work you could probably create that would probably, like, you know, may not exactly sit well with people. Uh, yeah. Maybe maybe some of it doesn't already sit well with people. But I think as an artist, how do you kind of judge what is kind of like, like where's your threshold of like what is good and what isn't good enough to make in the final image? Oh, um, I I think during the uh, throughout this year when there is a big shift in like uh, social justice with. Black Lives Matter, I started painting a lot of work um, to bring awareness to that. And uh, there was a, a chunk of time where I lost a lot of followers through that, which I was like, well, that's fine, whatever. I, you know, I, that's important to me, I'm gonna paint it. I think that stuff needs to be talked about. And, and um, I, I, I think at that point was realizing like a lot of, you know, if this is one of the many points in my, my uh, career where I started kind of leaning towards just painting for myself. And I think while that was, I was trying to say something that was important, I was also painting for myself because that was, you know, I, it's real. It's, it's what's going on in the world and mental health is what's going on in the world. And I, I, I can't not look at that. I think I've had to look too hard at my own life under a microscope and, uh, you know, really get honest with myself in a lot of ways. And I think that's just coming through in my work. And I do always have that worry that somebody's going to take it the wrong way. And I've had a few people make comments and stuff on stuff, not recently, but in older work about, um, uh, you know, just negative stuff yeah. towards my, my work. And I just kind of have to have a thick skin about it. And, you know, I, I'm on a public platform, so that's going to happen. I have to just be ready for it. And I, I think I've gotten a little bit better at that as the years have gone on, but it's still can be rough to hear somebody make a bad comment about it but um yeah you know I, I kind of am always ready for that to happen for somebody just to take it the wrong way and that's also again part of why I keep a little bit of ambiguity and 
in my work because I do want it to be, it's about me, but I want you to make your own uh, decision on it as well. And, you know, have your own experience with it. And that could bring up something negative for somebody. Sure. Um, but I, I think I, with this current series, I, I've just been trying to add some positive energy towards something that can be incredibly negative for people. So I, I think it's, I think it has less chance of running into getting taken the wrong way. Um, but I don't doubt that somebody along the line might take it the wrong way for sure. There's probably about five questions I'm going to ask you from that, from me saying that. I'm trying to think what, which one I'm going to ask first. Um, <laughs> right. Which one I'm going to ask first? Because I think, so the, the interesting thing is that, as you said, you were right, you're on a public platform. And I think it's interesting to remember that, that you are, it is public. It's not just the person you work out there and the people you know see it. It's like anyone can see it. Yeah. So it's kind of like, how do you, and this is definitely a question for later on that I'm going to ask you now. It's like, so how do you kind of, what, okay, what feedback do you value online? And, and how do you kind of know who's giving you the right kind of feedback, if that makes sense? Oh, that's a good question. I, I, um, I, I welcome any feedback um, as long as it's constructive. If it's just like, if it's trolling or trying to tear you down, then, you know, I, I don't have any tolerance for that. And uh, it's just not useful. I mean, but if somebody's, you know, being constructive with it and just offering me advice in a way, that's wonderful. I always, I'm, very open to anything like that, uh, especially with mental health. Like if I say something that is good intention and maybe it's not trauma informed and comes off in a way that, um, you know, might be hard for somebody, then I want to learn how to say that better. And I will absolutely try to change my, my pattern with that and, and make sure I like the next time going forward that I, I say something that's better. I, I think it's really important to, for that, for mental health uh especially to be very mindful of that stuff because you you can have good intentions with somebody and then still say something that's harmful yeah i mean about to say you're, that's a good point though because the topic is quite delicate for a lot of people yeah um, and you're just you know obviously in your <clears throat> well-mannered way you're just being like okay this is what I, this is my experience this is what yeah. i think let's have this conversation but then some yeah. people might take that the wrong way and be like no actually i don't want to have this conversation or they might just be like Oh, I don't want to see this, or you know, they might just be having a bad day, or they might just not care for it because some people just don't. Yeah. So it, it, I don't know. I think being an artist must be like very, it must be very challenging because you just don't know what's going to happen. There's no security. Um, I don't know. Just so I find that really see. This is why I like talking to artists. I think it's really fascinating that people choose to put themselves through that. Like, like they choose the insecurity and they choose to do something because they're passionate about it, not because they're going to necessarily be rich. Because no, I don't think anybody becomes an artist because they want to be rich. Um, everyone I've spoken to, yeah. yeah, everyone I've spoken to says all they want to do is make more money so they can make more work. That's all they want. They don't care yeah. about, you know, owning a, lot, a boat. They just want to be able to make the next piece of work. Um, and is that in your opinion, so in your opinion, how have you kind of handled like the business side and the creative side? Oh, I've got the that is such a, a, a delicate balance and I'm, I'm really only kind of getting the hang of the business side of it. And 
because I had no idea uh, what to do with the business side. I had never been, you know, my my own boss with this stuff before. You know, I, I was always really good at just being the underling, just, you know, doing, taking direction, whatever job I had. And, um, you know, I've had to grow a lot in that and in learn about how to manage money, taxes, all that stuff, and which has not been fun, but important. Um, I think it's funny too, because, you know, most of when I make some money selling work, a, a chunk of it will for sure go into like, well, I better go buy some more supplies. You know, that's, it's just, it just feeds my supply problem. Uh, uh, it, which my, my wife always jokes about how much I would say joke slash complain a little bit, maybe about how much stuff I have which it never goes to waste. Like I, I might have a pad of paper for like four years, but I will eventually use it and it will, it will get, you know, I will get my money out of it. Absolutely. But uh, it might sit in the bottom of a closet for that four years <laughs> before I get to it. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been tricky managing like, okay, so I, I need to lump together this much for my bills and then this much for supplies, this much for, you know, set aside for taxes and all that stuff. So it, it's tricky because I'm, I, I'm definitely more of the creative-minded kind of person, and I, I, I can easily get lost in that way of thinking. Whereas the, you know, the business side, the marketing, all of that stuff is, it's a constant practice that I'm having to do when in paying attention to it because I can easily go, well, I'll come back to this. I'm gonna go paint right now, <laughs> and. Yeah, so it's it's tricky. It's definitely not my strong skill set, but I'm I'm hanging in there with it for sure. That's one thing I've noticed with a lot of artists I talk to, and just artists in general, is that like the business side and marketing side, that's that's not what they're interested in because that's not what they're here for. They're here to create work. So I guess a good question off that would be like, what support do you think that there could also be now for artists that would help them in the future? Oh, it's it's so hard with this this business because it's um, it's not like you go to a nine to five and then you've got you've got a whole structure set up. Um, even with other artistic platforms, like somebody that's a graphic designer, they still have a very creative side, but they also have like deadlines. They have people above them that kind of guide them through that. Um, even if they're self-employed, they still have somebody that they're working with. I mean, artists can do that as well with commission work, but um, it's so broad. Like I, I'm, I love teaching. So that's something that would help me bring in, you know, some additional income and, and, and then doing my own work and then doing some commission work. So it's like, you got to kind of figure out what you want to do along the spread as far as like, um, yeah, like be, uh, reaching in the different directions to bring in some of the the income, so it's it's hard to have like a guidance on uh, on what to do exactly. It, as far as the business side, the money management that is probably I feel like the best thing that people could help artists with because I certainly am not a mathematician. That's why I paint. Like I doing money stuff, I can I somehow managed to figure out how to do taxes and understand all of that stuff for being self-employed. But like, it's, it has taken a lot of work and a lot of brain power and many hours of uh, just looking at the same thing a thousand times before I actually start to get it. It's terrible. I hate it. 
um, but I can do it now, which is good. But I think having some kind of resource for that, uh, it would be super helpful, you know, teaching a more business side for fine artists. Cause there's, there's definitely, it's easy to have business side for graphic designers or illustrators and stuff like that. But somebody for the fine art business, it's, there's such a broad way of like making your, your income. And so it's like how, how to teach somebody to have balance with that, like to, do they want to be primarily a, an educator or do they want to be doing mostly commission work, you know, and how do you manage that? So that would be like a, a, a good resource, a dream resource. <laughs> because you, you really got to figure out some of it, so much of it on your own and pick and choose from different artists. Like I've asked artists questions like, oh, how do you do this? And, you know, get their advice, maybe take a little bit from that and, and a little bit from another, another person to kind of build up some loose idea on how to make ends meet. Yeah, I hope it works. Yeah, and hope it works. <laughs> you just kind of roll the dice and like, well, let's see if this this helps. But that's the interesting thing is that like being an artist is pretty much a solo pursuit. You know, it can be a, a quite a lonely pursuit, I imagine. Um, so kind of, can you talk a little bit about like the different hats you have to wear as an artist and kind of, you know, where the challenges stem from having to do so many things at once? Because the actual creation is like a, a 2% part of the actual job. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's like... Um, you really do have to wear a lot of hats. I, I think, uh, so if you're going to teach, you've, you've got to be really engaged in that way where you, you're you not in your little art dungeon creating your work and getting out your emotions and throwing it on the canvas. And uh, you, You've got to be able to do that portion, but also be able to have a conversation about what you're doing. And I remember the first few classes I taught uh, in a group, I was like, Holy crap! It's just hard because I can easily get lost in uh, in what I'm doing, and I would get quiet for a minute, and I'd have to like, okay, you know, you have to talk and say what you're doing a little bit here and there. Now it's much easier, and I actually really love teaching. It's it's a lot of fun, but because uh, you know, it's sharing that that knowledge is is great. But so there's that. There's the the business side of it. So if you're going to talk to somebody uh, at a gallery, you know, you've got to really put on a uh, a different hat for that one too and you know be very professional and courteous and and all of that and then you go to the business side and have to crunch numbers and, and it's a challenge to do that and yeah so it, you, you kind of go back and forth you got there's a cycle you have to kind of go constantly go through and it, i i think every day is different too like i could there are days where i spend 10 hours painting and i don't do any of that at all and there are days also too where i I'll go back on social media and try to answer everybody's questions, and, you know, say thanks for, you know, compliments and, or if somebody creates a piece for, that's inspired by one of my pieces, I like to share that so that they, you know, they get some acknowledgement and, and I just, it just, it's so flattering to me that somebody would want to create something inspired by my work too. So it's like that kind of engagement. It's just, yeah, there's a lot of different ways to be interacting with your community. Yeah, but I one thing I've noticed you should do, um, which I think is such a good idea, is that everybody who shares your work, you reshare them and thank them. I think that's so good. Like, that's really cool because, like, the interaction with the audience is obviously clearly important to you. So how do you define yourself as an artist without putting yourself in too much of a box? Oh, that's definitely hard. I, I, it's a challenge. I, I think I, I used to try to say I was more of like a contemporary realist and now I think with the fire it kind of goes into surrealism and <clears throat> I think 
you know, and I'm also trying to be an advocate for mental health in that way too. So it's, it's kind of, it's hard to lump it together into one. I think easily more so probably to say like a more surrealist work. Um, but even that's hard. I think it's like when you, you try to categorize music and it's, you yeah. know, you've got like 15 different subgenres of one that's, I think it's, it's, you're like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And yeah, fine artist is the best thing that I could come up with is uh, I always just try to say I'm a fine artist. So do you think that labels are important or do you think that really your audience defines you more than you define yourself? Probably. Yeah. I feel like that they, they probably do. I think I'm still trying to figure out what it is exactly. I know I, I'm a painter. Yeah. But that's, and that uh, should be good enough. That should be, yeah, that should be enough. And just keep it kind of broad. And I, that gives me room to work. And, I about so. say, yeah. So my next question was like, how do you evolve as an artist? And do you ever worry about repetition? Um, somewhat about repetition, but I also, that's a, that's a fine line that you have to kind of tread because like when you're, it's always like you're taught to, to have consistency in your work. And um, I think that can come naturally for people. Like right now, I think it's coming fairly naturally for me with I'm just painting fire portrait after fire portrait, you know, over and over. And uh, I, I think that they, like if you're wanting to get into galleries, they, they want you to be pretty consistent and have a solid body that people will recognize. So if you're, you know, painting a fire portrait versus a regular portrait, they're, they're going to be like, oh, well, is that the same artist? Or, you know, if somebody random comes up to, to look at it and they want to be able to have, you know, patrons that will be like, oh, that's their work. And I, I recognize that even though I've never seen this piece because I can tell it's their style. So that's, I, you know, important, I think, for sales and recognition and all that stuff. But also, that's hard for me too to say in one spot. And I, I tend to jump around quite a bit. And um, so I, you know, next year, I may not even be doing fire portraits. Um, I probably will. But <laughs> uh, who knows, still, I, I, I get I can get bored easily. And I, you know, or something else will inspire me. And, and like I said earlier, too, I have like a 1000 different ideas in the back of my head that I always have to like jot down. So I make sure I come back around to it. That concludes the first part of my interview with Rodney Thompson. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments about it, please send me an email at theflyingfruitball at gmail.com or send us a message via Instagram. The Flying Fruit Bowl audio interviews can be found on a variety of sites such as Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music, or whatever you listen to podcasts. If you like the show, please consider rating, reviewing, sharing, or subscribing on any of those platforms to help spread the word of the Flying Fruit Bowl. Please check out theflyingfruitball.co.uk for daily art inspiration and written interviews. And if you're a creative, please get in touch for a chance to be featured or interviewed. We now also have a Patreon if you're interested in supporting the platform further. Tears start from £1 and more information can be found at www.patreon.com forward slash theflyingfruitball. Once again, thank you so much for listening to this episode the Flying Football Podcast today. And until next time, folks, please stay safe.